Welcome to the Mother Forkin' Podcast. Mother Podcast. Where we feed you some real shit on parenting. Hi, Celeste. Hey, Megan. How are you? I'm doing great. Welcome to another episode of the Mother Forking Podcast. Podcast. Yes. What's up, guys? Today is a special day. It is a special day. We also have someone here with us. Yes, we do. And we'll introduce her. Very shortly. Yes. But let's get to uh, our regular chit chat. I do want to give a shout out to, um, well, I guess it's a shout out. It's a recognition to one of our listeners. Mm -hmm. She's a close friend of mine. And she gave me some awesome feedback on our toddler episode, which she said that she felt like she was struggling a lot with her. She felt like her kid was just bound to be a troublemaker in the future. And mind you, she's like uh, 15, almost 16 months, so very close age with Lorenzo. But she said that she tried some of our tips. And within that week, her kid was just like a total different kid. So she's like, I kind of got down on her level, um, you know, changed my perspective on the way she was acting, not in like a negative way that she's just misbehaving. And she's like, I feel like we're communicating on a different level already. So she was really excited about that and wanted to thank us. So thank you for listening to that episode. That's awesome. Yay. And I mean, by no means are we experts, but we just, we're just sharing our experiences and what we learn along the way with different resources and books and articles and all this stuff being thrown our way. But that's awesome. Because we're we're all learning together, I feel like. Absolutely. Um, so, well, thank you for sharing that. That's yeah, really cool. I'm really uh, excited about that. And I wanted to give a quick update too on my breastfeeding experience where I'm trying to wean Briggs off of breastfeeding yeah. currently. And there he goes in the background. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, me. so I'm down to two times, uh, a day, which is right before he goes down for bed at about six ish at night. And then upon waking. So about six in the morning. Um, But I am very excited because we have today a lactation consultant. Yes. Which can you, can you just give a brief background into her and how you found her and have invited her on? Today we have Erica Campbell. Um, She is a former mother, baby registered nurse and current lactation consultant. And she's actually the founder of the milk manual. And so I found Erica, um, I just, I guess through social media. And um, actually, I found you through, um, I know this is random and weird. A giveaway. No. Was it? Oh, <laughs> oh that's so Erica, by the way. You can hey. say that. <laughs> giveaway. She got Maybe no. Um, I actually found you through the prompt journal. I follow the prompt journal because I bought one for promptly. Prompt lead journal. Yeah, I love those journals. Yeah, so uh, I have one for Endzone. It's just jotting down their milestones. Oh, I'm so glad. And I I was following their page, and I saw you, a mom from Houston. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, yours got destroyed in the flood. Yes. Oh, Oh my gosh, yeah. So they had sent Mm -hmm. you a new one, and I'm like, oh. And then I absolutely fell in love with her Instagram and her kids Mm -hmm. and her life. That's awesome. And then you turned out, I think within the time that I was following you, um, you turned out to do – the milk manual yeah well yeah later on oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah we'll, get, we'll so get into cool. all that juicy stuff but yeah Very so social cool. media <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about tell our listeners about yourself and uh who you are your background how many kids you have and of course we want to know how you got into being 
a full-time lactation consultant. Yeah. So I'm Erica Campbell. I'm born and raised in Houston, Texas. I have two kids. I have a four-year-old daughter and, uh, well, no, she'll be four soon. Uh, and then a two-year-old son. And so I started off as a mother baby registered nurse, um, before I even became a lactation consultant, but having my own kids is really what made me become a lactation consultant. I always knew I wanted to breastfeed, but I never really knew like the ins and outs of it. I wasn't breastfed. I didn't see a lot of people breastfeeding growing up. Um, and even in nursing school, I feel like I didn't hear a lot about breastfeeding, but I knew it was like something I sort of planned on doing. So whenever I decided to do it, even though I had the mother baby experience, it was not as easy as I thought it was going to mm-hmm. be. So I ended up getting a lactation consultant and she was amazing. And here you this, are. Yep. And here I am. <laughs> so this started for you then four years ago or a little bit less than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. About four years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. That's so um, amazing. So before, go ahead. Sorry. No. Yeah. So before we get started, um, could you tell us a little bit more about lactation consultants themselves, like the benefits of working with one? Because uh, for me personally, I didn't think too much about it. Kind of like how you're saying, I knew that I wanted to breastfeed, but I just kind of felt like, ah, it's going to come natural and like, it'll just happen. Um, but that's very wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, is working with a lactation consultant covered by insurance? Um, do you work with patients like beyond labor? Um, is it going to be like visits via phone calls, emails? Can you tell us a little bit more yeah. about that? So it's going to be completely different for like all aspects of postpartum. I work in a hospital right now. And um, so I just see people immediately after delivery, which I think those first couple of days after you have the baby is completely different than long-term and anything you deal with long-term because we don't even see a lot of people whenever their milk comes in. So Mm -hmm. it's those hard days and those like, do I have anything sort of days that I see people in. So, um, but there are also private practice lactation consultants who'll come to your house and they'll see you. And that's who I saw. Um, once I had my first child, I saw a private practice lactation consultant and she came to my house. She was so patient with me, which I feel like was different than being in the hospital. And so like no shade to hospital lactation consultants, but it is such a different environment. (laughs) No shade to yourself. No shade to myself, but it is such a different environment. The private practice lactation consultants come in, they help you. They're very patient. They devote the two hours, like two hours of one-on-one time. You can ask any questions, like they just sort of help you find your rhythm in your own place of comfort. I think that's the best place. yeah, Yeah. So it's exactly. And like when she came over, she was like, you know, I see you have this couch, like you have this pillow, like what is comfortable for you? What room do you want to be in? So it was really nice for somebody to come into my house and do stuff with me. This is your environment. Right. And she like even showed me like what I was doing wrong with my pump and like, like any cleaning art, like, um, I think I was pumping already, which was like, I shouldn't have been doing, but I was pumping already. And she sort of showed me like, Oh, well, this is how you can store this. Like just little tips and tricks. Like that. I didn't know so much. Yes. And it was my first baby also. So it was like, she just honestly helped me just feel confident when she left. I was like, Oh, I'm good. I got this now. As opposed to like being in the hospital where it's just sort of everything crazy is happening at once. So she was covered by insurance. Um, and I want to say it That's just awesome. really depends. It depends on your insurance, obviously. Yeah. Like with Which anything. is great because a lot of people don't even know what the hell is covered by their yes. insurance. Yeah. Yes. And But yeah. how did you find her? Was it recommended through the insurance? or? Oh, no. I like was like, I Googled. I was yeah. like, I got to find something. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I need to figure out <laughs> what is happening. So I started Googling. 
She actually works at the Motherhood Center here um, in Houston, the person that I saw, but there are so many private practice lactation consultants and they come to your house, like I said, so you can find any in your area if you just type in like what part of town you live cool. in. And so I lived in the loop at the time, so I found someone here, but you can find them anywhere. Um, and so, yeah, they're covered by insurance, depending on who your insurance is. Um, and then if it's not, I mean, I know like you can't say it's only this amount, but if you compare it to so many other things, like two hours was like $150, Oh, which is, not, I know like yeah. it's, it's, it depends yeah. on like your financial situation. Yeah. But if you think about it, like that's cheaper than buying a breast pump. That's like and formula. I was going to say, yeah. isn't that formula? Yeah. Like, so would, yeah, yeah. Especially awesome. if you're determined and you really want this exactly. to be the goal for you and your child, it's worth it. Yeah. I do have a question about something you said though mm -hmm. earlier, you said, um, you were pumping and then you said it's something I shouldn't have been doing. Right. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about that? So we, in the hospital, sometimes we recommend people to pump at, like immediately before or after delivery mm -hmm. to sort of help with stimulation and enhance their supply. And so for some people, that is something that you might need to do. But there are some people who have like no risk factors. Their baby's nursing fine. They're just not seeing the result they want. And then they start doing extra. I was that person doing too much. Oh. So, which is a question that's going to be asked. So it gets into an oversupply. Yeah. yeah. So what I had, because basically at that point, your baby's feeding for, you know, maybe 20 minutes. Then you decide to pump for another 20 minutes after that. So your body now thinks I need to make milk for 40 minutes uh -huh. versus the 20 that the baby really only needs. So my, I was pumping so much after each feed because I thought I had to. So then my body was producing more. So I was always engorged. I was oh. always leaking. And I thought, okay, how do I stop the engorgement? Oh, I pump. But really I was creating the cycle that I was in. Right. And my lactation consultant told me that she was like, stop pumping. You need to stop. As soon as I stopped, I was not engorged anymore. Like I was not in any pain. And I was like, oh my gosh, I wish I would have known that sooner. Yeah. So yeah. Interesting. I was, and I had no reason to be. So that's the thing. Some people really do need it. They need the extra stimulation. They have like other like underlying symptoms or like disorders or things like that to where they need it. But I fortunately had no risk factors to where I needed to be pumping. Are there women out there who really just cannot breastfeed or is it that we all are able to um but we just maybe aren't as patient or what like or knowledgeable yeah, yeah I'm just so there are some people who I think will have more issues breastfeeding long term than others okay. not necessarily that they can't but like things such as like insufficient glandular tissues um I don't know if there was disease or disorder so like but <laughs> that yeah but um that's can affect how you produce milk. So some women will produce the perfect amount for their baby in the first couple of weeks, the first month, but they don't produce any more than that. So it's mm -hmm. not that they can't breastfeed. It's that they can't breastfeed as much as like maybe a six month old baby will need. Got it. Um, and then there's people who also have breast surgeries. And so certain type of breast surgeries, usually less augmentations and more so reductions or anything involving the nipple those can cut the ducts, which also can oh, affect how much you sense. produce. Yeah. So it's not that you can't breastfeed. It's just that your baby probably won't get its full feeding from that. And I always try and tell people who still like have any, like any type of issues where their supply will be decreased. Like you can still breastfeed. You just might have to supplement formula too, but that mm -hmm. shouldn't take away from you are still breastfeeding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It might only be once or twice a day, but 
you're still doing it. You could do it for up to a year. You just got to make sure your baby gets something else yeah. too. Well, that's so getting my, um, milk in for both Adrian and Briggs was I did supplement with formula, mm-hmm. especially with my first, I was like, Nope, I want to breastfeed. That's it. No formula. You know, so headstrong mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. But I was like, no, screw this. Like I need to do what's best for both yeah. me and baby. Exactly. And so that's why I was like, I'm just going to implement the formula first yeah. with this and still feed him. Right. But at least supplement. And, and I- yeah, and it was great. And then after what, one, two weeks, I was just fully breastfeeding. Yeah. At that point with I was going to say, unfortunately, fine. that's a lot of first time mom's perspectives. Yeah. Cause I was in that same boat, like no formula's going to F everything up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also had to supplement, um, for those beginning days. Cause he was, I did too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's so, very common and, yeah. um, normal. So I'm glad that we're talking about that. Um, so let's go ahead and dive into like the first days of nursing. Mm-hmm. One quick question. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I wanted yeah. to know what do lactation consultants do anything with um, mother pre having the baby, like right before you can. And so that's mostly a private practice it thing. I feel like the hospital where I am now, they're trying to do it more. So like if we have patients that are on bed rest and like the antepartum unit, we'll try and go and talk to them just about expectations and what to like plan for whenever they do deliver. But, um, for the most part, you can take like breastfeeding classes, okay. like with private practice and those sort of things, which yeah. most hospitals offer. Cause I, yes, I did for that. free. Uh, yeah, oh, I did yeah. that where I just went in and they had a dummy boob and, mm-hmm. a, and a little baby and yeah. they go over most questions you had. So I got a lot of uh, questions that I had answered there too. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about the first days. There's a lot of moms that are questioning, will it hurt? Um, when does my milk come in? A lot of women don't even know that it doesn't happen right away. How do they know if uh, they're getting enough? enough. Yeah, Yeah. there we go. That's like the biggest question that I get all day at work. It's like, (laughs) how do the babies get enough? And it's so hard because breastfeeding in the first couple of days, I realized it's completely like you have to have faith. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't have that faith. I mean, rightfully so. You just had a baby, like you're exhausted. You just Mm -hmm. want to make sure that something is happening, you know? Especially if it's your first. Yes, especially if it's your first. And so it's really like, faith. And I always tell people it's a lot of patience and a lot of practice, but the only way to really know if the baby's getting enough is to watch your baby. So like, you know, make sure they're having the right amount of diaper counts. Um, make, you know, you watch your baby, you can see them sometimes like dry lips or the way they're behaving. Are they crying a lot? Are they comfortable? Which was a big thing they teach is the hunger cues. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And if they are crying, are they, do they have any tears coming out? Right. That also indicate dehydration, right? Exactly. Yeah. So So, really watching your baby and just, it's really hard this first couple of days because I I see so many people, especially because I work sort of into the late night and by nighttime, people are very like done. They're done. Yeah. (laughs) That's so true. Yeah. Um, so I actually had a friend, uh, Charlotte, she has a question for you. Um, so she just had her third baby. Mm-hmm. It's the baby's a week old. Um, she's a lethargic newborn and sh- Charlotte's saying that she sucks once, uh, once then goes back to sleep. Um, she has tried in- interventions like a nipple shield, mm-hmm. um, or a syringe to squeeze out additional milk. Um, she does try things like diaper changing, burping her, rubbing her back, Mm -hmm. her ear, whatever, to keep her up. So she, um, will eat, but do you have any other ways to motivate her? The baby? Yeah. To stay awake, to eat. Um, 
Because she, she was born at, I think, just under six pounds. Ah, okay. And so she, I guess, went, like, is just shy of six pounds. And mm. so they're telling her, you know, feed her every two to three hours, which, right. okay, she is. But, but she's not waking up right, for it. Right, exactly. Yeah. First off, congratulations. <laughs> hey, Charlotte. Um, but, yeah, whenever it comes to, like, babies being really sleepy, it's always to look more into the baby, especially, like, if she was born around, like, six pounds, the possibility of her being, you know, a late preterm baby or 36, 37 weaker, those babies are usually a little bit sleepier. And so trying to wake them up every two to three hours is a lot of like um, recommended and stuff, but a lot of times they just don't. Mm -hmm. So trying every three is still like the key is to try every three hours. Um, But once it comes down to like trying to wake her up, I mean, I'll sit there and like try to wake a baby up for such a long time. But it's so hard. So it really I is. I know for yeah. us, um, I I was told just make the baby a little uncomfortable. So I was like, oh, this is awkward and sucks, but it did help. So yeah. for my son, I'd take off his, you know, because you want them to be so cozy, this little yeah. newborn, but I would take off his socks and then the I would cold white, yeah. put it on their feet. And oh. he was all he, afterwards, he was pissed. Oh. But he'd be like, Arr! and then he just, yeah. you know, suck Lunch on the thing. On. Yeah, to mm. kind of give him comfort. So that for me did help, but cold white. <laughs> I remember nursing Briggs, because he, I, now that I remember, uh, he was tired, not, doesn't seem like this, but when I would just have him completely naked, mm-hmm. he yes. nursed better. So that, well, with the diaper on. That was something that me, was but. recommended just slowly kind of undress little parts of, you know, their, if they have mittens, take them off. Yeah. If they have socks, take them off. And he hated that. So that, that helped me. Um, Cause I feel like a lot of newborns in the beginning phase are really sleepy. My yeah. Right. He, Oh, <laughs> they I know I'm listening to you guys like yeah, you like, kids slept. Okay. No, my kids did not sleep. Yeah, I mean, oh no, Briggs knew. was like that for like two weeks, yes. and then he was like, I stopped yeah, sleeping. I, yeah. <laughs> he never had to wake up. Then he woke up. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Um. So, do you have a question about your with Lorenzo being fussy, or is this a listener question that came in? Um. Just in general, I know that a lot of moms. Um, they 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 will say my baby's really fussy. Are they colicky? Is mm-hmm. are they allergic to my breast milk? Do I do formula? It's just they're a lot. They're really confused, and I I think that we as new moms forget that babies have um, phases where they go through that. Yep, they cluster feed. So yep. can you talk to us more about that? Yeah, cluster feeding for sure because it happens it. in the hot me Ugh. too. <laughs> and so that's another <laughs> part of my job that I'm like I've been through all of it, not all of it, but I've been through a lot of stuff, so I can really really like understand where moms You're like are coming there, from. Done that. Yes, and I'm just like, you just have to just just know this is a phase. But cluster feeding is the worst. It sucks. But the benefits of cluster feeding, if you think about it for your supply, can outweigh that six hours that you didn't get to sleep or that that baby fed. And so basically cluster feeding, it's almost like it puts so much stress on your body and your body's like, oh crap, I got to hurry up and make this milk. So the next day or like a day or so, it really helps increase your supply. And basically that is what your baby is telling your body in that moment, that it is ready to increase your supply. And usually Mm -hmm. if you go through with the cluster feeding and you let it happen, you'll notice your supply increases. So for most women, Mm -hmm. it will happen. Most, yes. Yeah, so it's hard to when say they, all, I know, yeah. yeah, when they experience that, like, my baby just seems like he needs to be on my boob all the time. Because yes. I feel like a lot of first-time moms freak mm-hmm. out. And I didn't know yeah. that was part of the journey. Yeah. Does that happen through uh, phases as the baby grows, you know, like maybe four months? Or is it just... They, they'll cluster feed a lot. Oh, each, each time they go through a growth spurt. <laughs> yeah, they'll cluster feed so a lot. That was Adrian, yeah. for sure. 
Briggs, not so much, but Adrian, yeah. Um, Are there ways, because I really did not care for breastfeeding, especially Mm -hmm. with Adrian, just because it was my first time. And I was like, I feel like having a newborn anyway, Mm -hmm. you don't have, you don't feel like you have much freedom. But then when you're breastfeeding, you really don't feel like you have much freedom. But then especially put, couple that with cluster feeding. Are there any ways or tips that you can. I'm getting touched out just thinking about it. (laughs) I'm going to have to listen to this episode later. Right. To (laughs) encourage you. But are there ways to, that you suggest maybe to moms of, that who do want to breastfeed Mm -hmm. and stick through with it? Mm -hmm. How do we find the motivation to stick with it? And like, how can I enjoy breastfeeding more along the way? And I don't, or is it just like a mental thing? I don't know. Like, what No, I know. I actually know exactly what you mean. So because I wanted to breastfeed, I had never had this like emotional, like lovey dovey feeling about breastfeeding. I love the science of it. I love helping people with it. I love everything about it, but I never had that same, like, this is a beautiful moment connection. Like I don't have a lot of pictures of myself breastfeeding, which I sort of regret now, but like, I just was never like, yeah, it was more like, this is just a duty that I had. Like it was like, it was like on the list of the things I wanted to do. Yeah. So, but one of the, I feel like for me personally, like I kept my goal short term. Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to breastfeed for a year, but I told myself, you know, if it didn't happen, like I, can't beat myself up about it I had to know that it was okay and I did do it for longer than a year with both of them but I kept those goals short term which in the long run I realized like the first goal is three months and then four months came and I was like oh it's been four months and I didn't even realize it so I think keeping your goals short term also can take that stress off of thinking like oh I have to do this for a full year oh I have you know like you just think I'll get to three months and we'll touch base again and usually if things are going well and you touch base at that three month mark then you're like okay well this is fine. Like yep. I'll go for another three months. And that's exactly what happened to me. Yeah. Um, my, I, again, first time mom with Adrian, another first time mom who had gone through all this had said, you know what? And I expressed my frustrations about breastfeeding. She's mm-hmm. like, just get to the three month mark. And once you're there, mm-hmm. then figure it out. But it should be like smoother sailing, so to yeah. speak at that point. And she was right. It was, it was I think totally... that's so important to share because we as women just set these expectations for mm-hmm. motherhood mm-hmm. and it's going to be day by day. But I think day by day, one person, thing that you person. said was key was that faith. Yeah. Like if you have yeah. that faith that you're going to make it work, you're just going to have to believe it. And there's resources kind of like how we're talking about today mm-hmm. and uh, friends that support you. So yes, I found absolutely. nursing mothers and that's when um, you have became a lactation consultant. I'm like, Hey, I just want to give you this, my concerns, my doubts, my worries. And you kind of gave me the words that like affirmation that I needed to also help push me through that breastfeeding journey. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's definitely support is key. And I feel like that's honestly what's hard about the, like just breastfeeding and like being a mom in this time is everyone thinks everything has to be so black and white and like you do it or you don't like you have, you know what I mean? Like it's so intense, but if you just like, I never, and one of the, my job, if I tell people I'm a lactation consultant, usually they're either like, or, you know, like, oh, you know, but one part of my job is that always when I go into a room, I try and make sure they know I'm here to support them yes. in their journey of being a mom. Like if you choose to give formulas first couple of days and you still want to breastfeed, great. Then I'm going to help you give formula and still get to breastfeeding. I'm not going to be like, well, listen, you need to do yeah. this. Awesome. Like Good. support is so key in breastfeeding. And I feel like a lot of people turn their way from turn away from breastfeeding whenever you're like, no, you can only do it this one way. Exactly. And that really does push people away, especially yeah. if you're not even sure about it. You're like, well, just screw it. Then I'll just okay. get formula, you yeah. know? But if you have a person in your corner to be like, it's okay, but let's work on this. Like, I want to motivate you. I want to guide you. Then 
it helps out a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are ways to boost supply? Most a hundred percent supply and demand. So the more time the baby's at the breast, the more time there's stimulation at the breast because there's times where people are like, well, the baby was still hungry. So I gave him a bottle and I'm like, right, but (laughs) you didn't keep the baby on your breast. So you skipped a feeding and gave a bottle. So the baby's still eating every three hours, but you're telling your body the baby's only eating every six hours. So your supply slowly goes down because you're essentially weaning now. And so making sure you put the baby to the breast or that you're pumping, that's like key. Yeah. One thing I remember from what you actually had told me was empty out the breast. Yes. So every time I felt like any doubt, any like, is he eating? Uh, Am I making enough milk? I'm like, I'm going to make sure that I get it out, get it all out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what if I am, I don't have much time off for maternity leave. Mm -hmm. I need to get back to work. I don't really have a place that I can pump often. Um, Would that still, I mean, I'm sure that's going to affect my milk supply anyway, but what about things like you hear about the teas and the cookies and. Oh yeah. I was going to say diet wise. Yeah. Those are still great. But if you're not emptying, then it just won't matter. matter. Yeah. You could eat like the whole bag of cookies, but if you only pump for 15 minutes every six hours, then your body's only going to make the milk okay. for that time. That makes sense. And then yeah. everything is kind of different, right? Yes. To different women. Cause I've yeah. got friends that were like, screw it. Like, which is going to also be a question that was asked. Uh, some women have took beer cause mm-hmm. beer has the brewer's yeast. Right. And yeah. that's that helps some women yeah. boost their milk supply. Mm-hmm. So I think it just comes to different and, and nothing is really fully researched. Right. I think the, Okay, so I'm not like 100% sure, but I think the beer one has been researched and they say that it does increase it, but it also, for some people, it um, inhibits their letdown. So, yeah, so it really just depends on, I think. But I hear that oatmeal is a huge one. For me, oatmeal was like my go-to because I got lots of milk from oatmeal. Yeah, Yeah. and I just drank a shit ton of water. Yeah, that was exactly drinking a lot of water. Like, obviously not like drowning yourself in water, but drinking because a lot of people be like, well, I drank this much water and I don't see any increase. If you actually drink too much water, like way, way too much, Mm -hmm. then it can actually lower your supply. But I think naturally none of us drink enough water to begin with. So if you're over drinking, you're probably drinking appropriately. Right. Where you should be at. Yeah. And speaking of diet real quick too, um, for certain people, does the food you eat transfer to the baby somewhat. Thank you. And, uh, and to also add to that, uh, medications, if you're drinking alcohol, pumping and dumping. Yeah. Any of that. How, so, yeah, so how, how accurate that? is that? Okay. So like <laughs> <laughs> the food aspect of breastfeeding is just so wild to me because there's lots of studies. There's a lot of things that are like sort of inconclusive, like, Oh, maybe this works. Maybe it doesn't because at the end of the day, no one's going to test it on like someone who's breastfeeding their child, you know? Um, but with medications, there's this um, Hale's medication book that we usually re- like look back into. And a lot of times it'll give you like, you know, is it compatible versus how like good it is versus how bad it is. And um, a lot of times it'll say like, oh, yeah, you can take it. But research wasn't really that. We don't have that much research on it, basically. So I always tell people, you know, there's some things you can take at your own risk. Like you have to think about can I, can I survive this cold without this medication? You know, just in case, but like usually cold medications most likely will dry you up. So that was a bad example. Um, <laughs> I didn't that know either. was a bad yeah. example. Wow. Um, not all of them, but like a yeah, few okay. of them. And then, so medications and then alcohol. Like if I'm having a glass of wine. If you have one glass of wine, 
you are most likely going to be fine and frisbee. Okay. You do not have well, to dump I, out your that was yeah. me pretty much. I've all heard, I was like, yeah. you do not have it's, like it's such a. It was like an old thing. I think back when we just weren't sure. Yeah, I'm sure it happens. was frowned upon. You know, like yeah. you're drinking while you know yeah. breastfeeding. Your Obviously, kid. if you're wasted, then yeah. Well, that's the rule of thumb I heard. Yeah. If you can't good physically drink. go drive, yes, then you should not be good fit. to uh, good to drive yeah you should yeah. not be nursing yeah um, basically does that apply same for caffeine is there because i know a lot of moms are like i need the coffee okay, so caffeine actually is super interesting because they say like i think it was two less than a venti for sure which i think is Gosh. like two <laughs> no i think you're still good so some people the Whoops. thing is though i think a lot of those studies were Y'all do not quote me on any of this, but because I, you know, I read some stuff, but mm-hmm. obviously I'm not like an expert on literally every aspect, yeah. Yeah. but, um, some coffees or some people that drink coffee mm-hmm. can, their babies can tolerate it better than others. So my example for me personally is I never drank coffee really before I had kids. Cause like I didn't need to, I used yeah. to sleep like normal and, <laughs> and then, um, I didn't drink coffee during pregnancy with my first either. Whenever I had her, I was like, oh, I need coffee now. You know, she was wild those first three weeks. And I was like, what could it be? What could it be? Like, I have no idea. Talked to my pediatrician. My pediatrician was like, babies are babies. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And so I was like, it's got to be coffee. It's got to be. And you know, my lactation consultant was like, maybe, maybe not. Like she was like, it depends how much you're drinking. And I was like, I don't know. I'm just drinking coffee. You know, mm-hmm. who keeps track of the number? So I cut the coffee out. She slept fine from that moment on. Which is So I never drank coffee again with her. You're like, I, I was, And then my son <laughs> during pregnancy, I was like, you know what? Maybe I need to drink some coffee. So that way when he's born, he'll be able to handle it. Right. Maybe, maybe, you know? So I had like small amounts of like, like like matcha during my yeah. pregnancy, breastfed with him and drank coffee. He was completely fine. So that's so I have no idea. Okay, I think that's a great thing to mention yeah. because that's a cue to look out for. So if you're nursing and you're um, drinking coffee and your baby starts getting fussy or more upset uh, than other days, maybe cut it out a little bit or pack mm-hmm. it. All right. So we had another listener question. Jamie, she has a seven-week-old baby who's having reflux issues. So are there any diet recommendations that the mom could be taking to help with this? Or do you do you know much about that reflux? Honestly, no, I feel like it's more like a nutritionist type of question. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like breastfeeding, you could always try feeding with the baby's head a little bit more upright because a lot of times uh, people have their baby laying completely sideways. Yeah. More upright positions the same way you would with a baby who has reflux if you were giving them a bottle um, and just keeping them upright after feedings as well as opposed to like laying them down. That can sort of help a little bit, but it'll be more like a nutritionist. Seeing, yeah, yeah, seeing someone else about the feeding. Yeah. yeah. But that's a good tip, though, to, mm-hmm. to yeah, do that. Positioning. And maybe even especially, like, immediately after feeding, mm-hmm. just keep them upright. Upright for, as much as you can. Yeah. Oh, that stinks. Um, so we wanted to go back to um, the, the coffee. Ma- yeah, well, that, but then um, talking about the oversupply and how touch upon like mastitis and cause. So I think that that's a great thing to, um, talk about because I Celeste had uh, mastitis early Mm -hmm. on, which I didn't know what the hell that was. Didn't even know. How'd you figure it out? Uh, the symptoms. So Um, can you actually talk about some of the symptoms and what mastitis is? Yeah. So 
it's like flu-like symptoms. Is that what you had? Chills, yeah, chills, fever, like nightmare. super tired out of nowhere. You can feel it in your breasts sometimes too, but oh, I've heard some people know. do not feel it at all. Like they don't feel. And whenever like around cold and flu season, we actually had a lot of people readmitted into the hospital with mastitis thinking that they just had the flu. Yeah. And so. See, yeah. I had Lorenzo in the winter, which mm-hmm. is flu season as well. But I knew because I was like losing my shit. Like <laughs> I thought I was in a legit igloo. Like every, I'm, I kept asking yes. everyone around me, are you cold? And then they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm freezing. And one night, not knowing I had mastitis, I fell asleep with the. The nipple coolers or oh, the gel uh, hydrogel pads, girl. Yeah, and my husband's like, maybe it's because he fell asleep with those like cooler things. And I, I like just ripped them sometimes off. Sometimes they can my keep mind. your keep your yeah. milk in, and obviously if it's not getting out, <laughs> then yeah. So uh, he's just like, you sound like you're broken. Like go to the doctor. And I think I've we've talked about this in another episode, but I was told that oh, uh, I had an infection and I caught it like right before it got really bad. So I was then I got on antibiotics and oh, okay. Things got a lot better from there. Danger supply, take a hit at all? Um, Honestly, I didn't even care. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I I don't remember. Yeah. I was just like, I want to get better. Yeah, you want to get better. So you actually had pumped a bunch of milk previously. And so you had a good stash going. So that you went right through that stash. And I think I might have, if the case came, I definitely used formula because once I was at the hospital, they're like, they made me do formula. So I was very open for that. So I might have done like a combo. Yeah. But um, yeah, Uh, can you talk to us more about just, breast pain as you know period because it's going to happen for some women's yeah ducks yeah i mean yeah a lot of people i feel like in the media it's either like breastfeeding is not painful at all or breastfeeding is literally the worst pain you'll ever have (laughs) in your life it's like perfect right there in the middle like there's times like especially in the beginning where you're super sore your nipples are just tender from literally just like being touched Mm -hmm. um and then you know yeah clogged ducts just getting those and that you know can lead to mastitis and so you can feel it and a lot of times most people get them like near their armpit area or like the under part like clumps yeah it's just basically just clogged (laughs) yeah built up like a little traffic jam in there and it just causes (laughs) 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 and it just causes an infection especially if the milk's not getting out and a lot of times people will be like oh i'm in too much pain i'm not gonna breastfeed i'm not gonna pump which just makes it worse like you have to really try and get it out so like pumping um really increasing how much you're feeding uh, warmth and then sometimes cold too and really massaging wherever yeah, that yes. spot is and some people even like if they can't get it out like hovering over the baby dangle. yeah dangle dude that's yes. every single time yes. i've ever gotten a dangle no <laughs> yeah yes. that's what it's called that is I was every single technical. time <laughs> i i had a clogged up my friend mm-hmm. um recommended it in janika and she was like because i was dealing with this and she's like dude this is it will help. And I was like, fuck it. All right. So I'm Dang like, over here. I wasn't, I didn't do it over the baby cause it was weird, but I did it. Um, <laughs> it is. Yeah. But I did it over just like this to try to self express. Yes. And then also when pumping mm-hmm. and then I was like, Oh my God. And then all of a sudden it released and I was like, yes. Holy cow. every single yeah. time it worked for me. So yeah. sorry to cut you no, off. No, no, you're good. Yeah. Which is funny because I always felt like weird about 
self-expressed period. But once I started that oversupply, because once my milk came in and like I mm -hmm. started building up a stash, I built up a stash. Like mm -hmm. I had even had enough to donate. But Damn. I uh, remember the best things for me was uh, every time I took a bath to self-express, which was weird, but at least I was in my own comfort mm -hmm. and there yeah. was, you know, warm water. So it did alleviate a lot of that pain for me i love hand expressing it's like my <laughs> really favorite I, I just think it's weird yeah. oh no i love it she's like a cow even right? now like, even now legit... to all of my patients i'm like no we gotta learn how to hand express which is because good because i didn't really learn that because like you never know like i remember at being like out at a bar and mm -hmm. like I feel like the knots warm and I'm like, no, ma'am, not happening, toilet and you know? squeeze. yeah, like not <laughs> happening, like hand expressing. And then even like just breastfeeding at the same time on the other side, instead of hooking up a pump, I would just hand express the other side out if it was too sore, because for some reason my kids only fit on one side. So, but it's also good that you're saying that because people don't know that there's sometimes a slacker boob too, yes, or what that is. is. They're it like, why is, is one of my, my breasts right boobs slacking? Yes. Yeah. Well, I feel like personally, I mean, I don't know if the science is there behind it. Like we have to, and like one's really a backup. Like one can probably do all the work. <laughs> But the other ones are back. Up. I feel like that's how most of our body yeah. is. Like we have because I was a little bit like, is this case. normal? Am I weird? Yeah. But no. It's no, totally the last normal. I want to say my my last child, I breastfed him from one side for at least the last four months of breastfeeding. Like we never hit the other side, and it I weaned off of one side completely. So what did you? So you didn't touch the side at all? Nope. Did not pump it? Didn't do anything. He just completely nursed on one side. Oh. It, he just chose to do it. You could do that. Yeah. I thought you always had to switch because that's what was. Nope. Yeah, huh. it's possible to just do it on one side if you, especially because they create the supply and demand. Right. So if he's True. nursing like for a full thirty minutes, if you're getting everything he needs, then that makes sense. Um, he's good to go. Let's talk about uh, high milk and fat. Like people forget that too. Yes, yes. I yes. didn't really know if this was like really mattered and was like a thing. So. Okay, so I'm gonna be a hundred percent with everyone. I do not remember everything that I should know about four milk and high milk. I can see it like so whenever you pump you know after you yeah. store your milk and you put it in the fridge you can clearly see the four milk and the high mm -hmm. milk especially looking at it and that's why they say the feedings matter um especially like if you're putting the baby to the breast you want them to get the four milk and the high milk and that's why you want them to stay on one breast for as long as possible so they can get both I was gonna things say, which is a benefit yes because if you're switching them too much then they're basically getting skim, skim milk, milk on, on both each sides side, yeah it's good to know which is why empty out the breast matter exactly because they're not getting that fatty milk at the end which keeps them full so if you have so an oversupply something. also I, I did too i didn't even think i'd remember it but if you have an <laughs> oversupply also a lot of times you're baby is only getting that that milk at the beginning the skim milk and then they stop feeding and yeah. your body's still just you know you're just full of the skim milk like yeah. so they don't I, had eat to, I had to express that thin milk before mm -hmm. I fed Enzo yeah so okay if Adrian would nurse mm -hmm. for like 45 minutes up to an hour okay on each boob mind you wait 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 45 total or 45 both both each yeah so that was your but job. A lot of TV watching. That's why I really hated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but. Way to go, Megan. Oh, dude. And yeah. then um, this kid loves to eat, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but then Briggs is like five to 15 minutes oh, on good. each boob. Yeah. So is it? Because I went from having Adrian on it forever mm -hmm. to Briggs and I'm like, oh, are you getting enough? Yeah. And he's, he's definitely smaller mm -hmm. than Adrian. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But I, and I also want to compare the two because obviously mm -hmm. they're two different right. bodies. But yeah. 
So before I was a lactation consultant, I did not obviously know as much as I know now, but um, whenever it comes down to how long a baby nurses, a lot of times it has something to do with their oral anatomy and their development versus okay. you as a person. Like, like some babies might have restrictions in their mouths where they can't properly like grip it as well or even suction as well to get it out. So they are at the risk to fill themselves up based off of their needs. But my kids were the same way. My first, maybe 15 minutes, my second, 45 minutes. Yeah. And it always, it could stem down to something as simple as like, the palate of their uh, their mouth being too high, or they have a tongue tie, or something okay. like that. Tongue tie. Yeah. What is it, girl? Please. Like we don't even need to go down this road, but we will go down it for just a little bit. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so Everyone let me just first it, off yeah. let everyone know a lactation consultant cannot tell you or diagnose you that you have a tongue tie, even if we can clearly see it. We can't do anything about it or say anything about it until you talk to a doctor. Okay. So people will be like. My biggest tongue tie, this lactation consultant never said anything. Well, we can't. We're not doctors. So it's out of your practice. Yeah, it's out of my scope of practice. I can't. But once you get, like, cleared and you have a plan with the doctor, then we can help you from there on, like, how to work with it, like, how to, like, rehab after they've clipped it. So is it, basically, it, what do you is have it? one? No. What is it? So it's that thing underneath Yeah, and tongue? so some babies can't, like, extend their tongue out to get underneath to, the to breast lie. to smush the breast down. Uh, and then even the, the palate of your mouth will be arched up high. The palate and the tongue need to come together to smush the breast to get the milk out. But if the palate's high, it's not smushing it. You're only using the tongue power. So then they have to use their tongue harder, but their tongues can't because it's tethered yeah. down. So they don't feed as efficiently as a baby who doesn't have that. Yeah, Thank that's basically you. it. Yeah, okay. Thanks for clearing that up. But wow. some babies do completely fine. I'm 90% sure that both of my babies have a tongue tie and I never had any issues. So I think it also just, there's several different classes and it really depends on what class it is to determine the severity. So if you are kind of concerned, your first point would be doing, getting checked through your pediatrician. Yes. If okay. you're concerned about the feet, I tell my, the parents in the room where the baby just do look like they're having issues. I tell them like, you at your new, like pediatrician or um, pediatric ENT or pediatric dentist, but having them check into it. To make sure if if things are going wrong, like if things are good, if you're like cruising and you still think you might have a tongue tie, but there's no issue, then, you know, figure it out later. But yeah, yeah, huh. that's good. And good just to clarify, pediatric ENT is ear, nose, throat, throat doctor. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. if anyone's like, what's good that? Good thinking. So, yeah. Cool. Um, huh. Thank you. Yeah. Clear that up. So let's talk a uh, schedule a bit. I know we kind of brushed over it, but a lot of moms are kind of like. Uh, how does that work? Should I wake up baby? Should you nurse on demand? What will help? You're so yeah. You're, 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 <laughs> so sorry, Briggs. I'm a. <laughs> I personally believe that nursing on demand is what works. Okay. But we live in a different time, to yeah. where I don't think there's like a coulda, woulda, shoulda type yeah. of thing that goes along with breastfeeding, like yeah. I said earlier. So at the end of the day, people are gonna have. To, People are going to do whatever is, works best for them exactly. and their families. If that's every three hours for you, that's what you're going to do. But yeah. if your baby's hungry at two, I personally think you should be your baby yeah, at the two exactly. hours. But there are some people who are very like, no, we're doing every three hours, even if that baby has to cry for an hour So straight. I will I will admit, uh, yeah. we did combo. Mm -hmm. So we woke up. People are like, why are you waking him up? It's, you know, we're like, we're on the third hour. We're going to wake him up. But if somewhere in between he cried, we fed him too. Right. So we did a combo. Yeah. That makes and, sense. And that 
help my support. Well, and that's still good too. No, waking him up every three hours, especially if like you know he's not gonna eat, that's that's still yeah. good too. Like it's still helpful. And that's where like the cold wipes came in. And, yeah, and, and people thought it was to, weird. Like, the like first three yeah months, the, like yeah the, new, the newborn phase, phase. yeah okay. yeah, yeah. 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 I, I me and justin is i i love justin when it comes to this because i didn't expect him to be that dad but he was like headstrong i'm like it's time to wake him up i'm uh-huh. like okay yeah. so we have i had the app and everything um and oh, yeah, we did the cold can... wipes and and it really helps so i think that that also helped my supply a good rule of thumb is eight or more in 24 so like eight or more feedings in 24 hours which translates to every three hours but yeah. if the baby's at least getting eight feedings that's what you want and oh. always looking out for diaper, like mm-hmm. if of they're course. wet, yes. poop diaper. Mm-hmm. So you could wake them up every two hours and then probably get a bit a chunk of sleep. But I still am more like feed on demand. I honestly believe that's what kept my supply going is yeah. just feeding them when they were hungry, Same. when they showed the cues. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Formula and breastfeeding babies. Is it true that you know of or worked with mm-hmm. formula fed babies sleep longer stretches than breastfed? I think it honestly just really depends on the baby right. because I right. have I have people whose breastfed babies have slept through the night for okay. like two weeks. Damn. Yeah, I know. My kids never did. Two Literally. Weeks. And then even with getting food, <laughs> you know, like people are like, you know, I gave I introduced food or put like, you know, gave them solid sooner so they would sleep and the baby still don't sleep. So I don't I honestly don't know. I don't know. The talk behind yeah. that is that it's like it's, it's science based yeah. formula, so it just fills them up quicker yeah. than you know, breast milk. Well, that's what yeah. you hear. Yeah. Well, that's why baby. your your baby shits all day because the breast milk goes right through <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. So it's yeah. like <laughs> natural <laughs> Yeah. You just touched on uh, introducing solids. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about that? Yeah. So I, mm-hmm. um, our pediatrician had always said for both boys, it's okay to start at six months. Mm-hmm. And the phrase that I've always heard is uh, anything before one is fun. Yeah. And then after that, it's like, okay, that's one. So Adrian didn't really start digesting. And mm-hmm. the reason why I know that is because it's poop Poops, change yeah. um, by like nine, 10 months. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you talk a little bit about that? Like entering solids and, you know, do you, do you, cause my understanding is breast you, when you're breastfeeding still mm-hmm. you breastfeed first and then do the solids. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's still going to be like the primary thing. Like, you're still just going to make sure you're still breastfeeding. And then after you breastfed for a bit, then introducing them, but it's not going to be like this. You have to feed, you have to eat this right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Good. Good to know. Uh, I do want to touch again on the uh, pumping situation here. We have many moms and listeners, pumping. right? <laughs> we have many moms and listeners that are worried about their journey back uh, to work. I know we don't get, a lot of time for for leave, I which know. sucks. Mm-hmm. But um, how can they maintain their supply? How do they balance nursing and pumping? Is it possible to over pump? Um, you know, can you tell us more about just Back pumping in work. general? Yeah. yeah. Back to work so hard, especially because like I'll have patients that tell me like, oh, I'm going back in six weeks. Yeah. I'm like, oh like man. That. And they'll even say, you know, like, I don't know when I'll get to pump or how I'll get to pump and that sort of thing. So pumping and like really maintaining the supply is hard. I think going back to work, especially when you have like a Monday through Friday, all day type of job. Yeah. So, I mean, my like only piece of advice or tips there is like do the best you can like don't lose your I mean don't stress yourself out over Mm -hmm. trying you know like you really just have to do the best that you can do and just still have the faith in it but like not really stress yourself out over something you can't 100% control 
Um, I can't remember where I read, like some, I think I read an article where a woman worked at like a McDonald's or something and they didn't give her time to pump. And, you know, she has like, clearly she can't lose her job. She has Mm -hmm. to keep her job. So it's not as simple as like, oh, quit and go pump, you know? So doing the best you can. In that but that's you would think though nowadays in you 2019, with like say. this whole, especially women movement, all this stuff, mm-hmm. like you would every think. place people still get smoking for that. So right? if, honestly, y'all just say you're taking a smoking break and go. Pump. But <laughs> there you, you go. Might as well. But then again, smoking though, break. Where are you supposed to pump? That's you know? true. You know, that's where true. is it that's going to be sanitary? Yeah. You know, you're not going to go do it. So I was saying you can always do it in your car. I mean, I'm not saying like go do it, but like they make car adapters, and so you can do it in your car. They make pumps nowadays that are hands-free like the yeah, willow yes. i think uh-huh. the free me there's a couple other ones where you can just put them in your shirt so if you gotta stand at a register and keep oh going gosh. you just yeah. let them know but honestly though in the united states you have a right to pump at work i was gonna say so you look can like present, yes look into the law like slide that to the manager like i have a right to do this yeah kick rocks like I have a right you know and it's true just look into law and see what your rights are um maybe they can help accommodate you they should especially if you find that absolutely have you ever heard of milk stork yeah really cool yeah Uh, so it's a company um so the company I work for they are partnered with them Mm -hmm. and so if I were to go travel and I'm a breastfeeding mother and I'm pumping they'll send me the stuff that I need to properly package it and ship it back and and everything yeah that's awesome the only down thing I heard is it's expensive that's what a lot of like breastfeeding stuff is I think it's super expensive right now but I feel like the more popular it becomes hopefully and like the more I guess like support that all yeah, these and attention they're bringing light yeah. to breastfeeding. Um, well, our nursing. company, if you can partner with them too, you can there get you it go. for free. Ooh, mm-hmm. Megan, okay. Let's <laughs> yeah, um, like the Willow Pump. Yeah, let's yeah, talk I hear more about super pumps. expensive. But hopefully down the line, like with insurance, because like you know, with insurance, which people might know, might not know. With some insurances, you do qualify for a free breast pump. Yes. So mm-hmm. make sure you, you look into your look into that because you can get a free breast pump and it can and like and nowadays they're even giving like some really really good pumps for free through insurance. Heck yeah. Like some people have told me the willow covered their the willow was covered. Uh, let me look that up real quick. So I'm, if I'm you thinking can, about it for this round, yeah, uh, I know it. that they could find they finance it now, yes. which is a great oh, option. So you could exactly. do four payments or something mm-hmm. like that. What do they run? What are pumps run? Like this one is three hundred. I, I think I saw. I think the willow was for the Medela. But if you okay. do think of it though, like I did get mine free, my Medela, mm-hmm. and I loved it. Love yeah. it. Well, no, I really don't. Like I hate pumping, but right. the, the it got the job done. Exactly. Um, my <laughs> second, I tried to get another one, but they were like, well, we already gave you one. And it was like Within less than, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. You know? And I was like, damn it. Don't qualify. But Are I was you like, serious? Okay, they yeah. tell you that? Well, yeah. because so it was, I'm be like, mine broke. Mine was, <laughs> yeah. Mine was, you know, they're 18 months apart. So, but, um, yeah, but if you think about it though, three hundred dollars in the grand scheme of thing really is grand scheme of things. It really is not that expensive. And if like you can even like, it. I always tell people register for one. Like yeah. a lot of times at baby showers, I mean, here's the thing: before you're breastfeeding, you don't think about breastfeeding because like yeah. no one thinks about it until you're in the moment. But and people, if you can yeah. like register for breast pump in your baby shower. People like, always somebody ask, will buy what you one. Yeah. yeah, or have people that to pitch in like exactly put, put it towards my breast pump yeah with the amount of baby clothes y'all are buying exactly. you know what that I mean? fits like, them for one day yes like or that tell they your family over. yeah, <laughs> yeah can you, okay can you put money towards the breast pump for me instead you know yeah. so basically most 
breast pumps get the job done most for those women stressed most and like, of them, do, yes. do the Medela do they expect to yes but if you're an exclusive pumper it's different because yeah, there's some people the who exclusively pump you want a good pump if yeah. you're going to be using it all day okay, so the, every day the hospital one that yeah. thing was like <laughs> yeah which one do you remember which one it was one? like the, the roll around yes. the I was yeah. like can I get this for at home it was just like sucking everything yeah. out yeah. yes the hospital grade pump is it's awesome it is very intense um real quick how early can you introduce a bottle for those mothers so it really depends on obviously uh, everything depends on your own situation but it depends on when you choose to go back to work or when you need to give a bottle because some people are going back at the 12 weeks and if you're going back at 12 weeks you can try Mm -hmm. introducing it you know Usually we say once your supply has established, the baby's in a good routine, like the baby's latching well, you're not having any issues. So anywhere around like three to four weeks, you could try and introduce a bottle, just like one, not like feed them, yeah. you know, but trying to introduce a bottle then. But people going back to work at like six weeks, it's always know, hard. It's hard for yeah. everyone's situation. Mm-hmm. And I will advise, do not go all ham and buy just one particular bottle because mm-hmm. kids will refuse all sorts mm-hmm. of bottles. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Brown uh what is the phillips one Mm -hmm. um i tried a lot of the main ones that i was always told but enzo loved ma'am so i've heard so much about ma'am lately it's it's great it's anti-colicky yeah it's i never heard of it either i was actually gifted it to to me someone's like hey my son loved these bottles try it out and we love it easy cleanup you can even clean it up within its own little system like just pop it in the microwave and it sanitizes itself cool so the ma'am and so now i know for my next kid um yeah, so don't always go off of like for sure mainstream bottles or whatever. Uh, maybe buy one of each or get samples. Yes, bottles are hard. Yeah. My so, son, I don't think took one until he was like eleven months. Same as Passy. Um, and so how does that affect nipple confusion? It's just some kids I, I do think, okay. Well, and I think if the you want to wait, obviously as much as you can, as yeah. realistically as I, much I as you can. Too. Yeah, wait until you the baby is latching well at least. I know in the hospital sometimes people will give it and like try and hide it from me that they're giving a pacifier. And I'm like, it's okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna fine. scold you. Yes, it's fine. But try and do it after feeding if you're gonna do it. Like at yeah. least make sure the baby because a lot of times the pacifier does block the hunger cues if the baby's sitting there and sucking for 30 minutes clearly he's saying like he might be hungry like but you put it in his mouth because you're (laughs) annoying but you know for sometimes like if the baby just fed though then it's different but it's been three hours the baby hasn't eaten like they're sucking on a hand vigorously he could be hungry so and then people give a pacifier instead what are hunger cues so i've heard like yeah, the fist like, sucking yep. on the fist Even a lot. Even just punched fists. Yeah, like well, and that, like, will really show, especially during the feeding, you'll notice, like, their hands soften up yeah. towards in the feeding, light body. So when those fists are really tight, over they're like, in there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sucking on the hand. If they're swaddled and they can't reach their hand, you'll see them, like, really sucking on the blanket. Like, their face kind of yeah. gets all, Their like, heads are, like, holding up. Sucking on your shoulder. Yes, or, like, yeah. even just slamming their head up against yeah. your chest. Those are hunger cues. Yeah, crying. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's like angry. Right. Like that's like that's like for us. Like if I am so hungry, I always tell my patients like by the time I'm hangry, I am not going to cook a meal. I am going through a drive-through. Like we're past the point where I'm going to sit here and work for it. So it's the same with babies when they're hangry. They're like, I want food now. I don't want to have to sit here and suck this breast as hard (laughs) as I can, using all of the effort in my body to get me milk out. So you got to get them before they're hangry. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm going to be selfish. I have a question because be in the I beginning like I said uh, I'm weaning. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's I with both boys. My goal was a year. Yeah. I'm at a year with Briggs. 
now I really just want to just mm-hmm. be free forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. how do I finish? Because I'm, I'm huge milestone. Yeah. The two really last is. feedings yeah. I've got morning and night. So mm-hmm. what do I do? So really you're doing everything right, okay. right now. Like how you've already sort of slowly weaned it off. And from this point, it's really just up to y'all's relationship. Like okay. how will he be impacted if you just cut it off? Oh. Will he notice? Yeah. Oh, oh he will. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So then Adrian's it's just going to be like drinks, from this yeah. two, now try and just wean to one. Oh, and so basically you're not doing it. Have you given him a bottle? We've done bottles. Oh, well, have mean- you personally given him oh. a bottle? No. So try that. <gasps> what? Because that's what I. have to pump though, right? Yeah. Unless you decide to switch to milk. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Unless you decide to, but if, even if you pump, you could always do half and like yeah. slowly transition. And she it. can Don't do that like, because Briggs is one beyond one. Yes. Yes. He's, yes. He's yes. past one. Yeah. So you, yeah, I, you could still pump though. Okay. Instead, like, so maybe pump one feeding instead go. of putting so, yeah, into the so breast take away one feeding and instead there of putting into switch the breast off. feeding. Do a little switcheroo. Yeah. And then try giving him a bottle. Okay. while still holding him okay and then slowly he'll be tr- i mean but the thing is is he's like past the bottle i don't know some people do bottles for a while some people don't so it's really up to you you can always do sippy cup bottle whatever yeah. you want but just replace your boob with something else but still have your you there that you know what i mean like that connection of you being there. see how it works some babies are like absolutely not i know you're what you're doing <laughs> yeah like why are you why are you trying this what if he does push away with yeah the bottle? then i guess just Feed him. Yeah. Just I mean, feed him and try it again. Forever, yeah, right? try so, it again. Okay. Okay. Once forever. Try well, so, and Thank I'm you. sure that for other women, as you continue, and you know, everyone has their own bond, like you said, mm-hmm. the older your child is, it's harder to wean, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They know a lot more, too. Oh, yeah. So, they're my like, kids no. are easy wieners, but same wieners. wieners. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian was because my milk was drying up anyway because I was pregnant for Briggs. Oh, yeah. And my was, like, out. fully on solids, mm-hmm. like, just way more interested in food. Than Same. Me. Yeah, my kids, I would be like, come here, please. I'm in pain. Like, yeah. please come nurse. And they'd be like, peace, mom. And, like, <laughs> run away. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> hand expressing in the corner because yeah. I have to. But, yeah, weaning's awesome. hard, especially when they get older and they know. Because it's more of an emotional connection. It is. So that's why I say, like, you, you can't, I mean, it's whatever you're comfortable with. Some people are like, I'm just cutting them off. So you just sort of to go with your gut and just sort of see how it plays out but I think you're doing you're following the right trend of lessening the feed slowly yeah Yeah. cool almost there Megan I know Mm -hmm. you're almost there um any last minute advice or words or anything for our listeners Um, just know you guys that practice and patience like breastfeeding is not easy but it's also not the hardest thing like once you get to a certain spot and you feel comfortable keep going find good support find resources like I always tell people it's like working out like you can't just hit the gym for one day and see results you sort of have to put in the work yeah look into resources learn some stuff I had a salad do you see my abs yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. like it takes a little bit of time but just just give it your all have some faith awesome thank you and then speaking of resources where can people find you? What are where how yeah. do they contact you? What are your socials? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at the Milk Manual. I'm on a social media break right now, but I'll be back in June. <laughs> Just like <laughs> and me. then um, Facebook, also the Milk Manual, and Pinterest is the Milk Manual, and then the website www.themilkmanual.com. 
So, you guys yeah. need to make sure you're following her because she gives away yeah. so many great tips and free advice. Yeah. Uh, and then if you need to work with her individually, check her out, guys. Yes. Soon, I hope to be like doing more one-on-one -on -one things, um, most likely having like a prenatal breastfeeding class on my website here this summer. And so that most likely will be like really, really cheap too. So yeah. get it well in time. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank, thank you so you much. So, much. Yeah, so excited about this. And it's been a long time coming to have you yes on so yes i will be hitting this uh Listen. play button yeah closer to november absolutely so, thank oh, you yeah oh i was like i was like you're gonna <laughs> wait talk about? to listen to a podcast <laughs> no i mean again just <laughs> oh, to get okay. in that mindset of okay. i got this so yeah you thank do. you for all your uh, words yes yeah thank y'all thanks right. guys have, have a, a great day. day see you next time bye bye, bye.